everyone, I'm Jay. I'm Sophia. And I'm Scott. Welcome to Witches Betwixt. We are cancelled. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do a stupid opening this time and fuck with you. That's why we're cancelled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we're cancelled. Y'all cancelled us. Bye-bye. See you later. Signing off. Um, now today, today, uh, today we're talking a little bit about cancel culture. And you can hear the the happiness in my voice and how much I give a fuck about cancel culture and whatever the fuck that buzzword means. Um, mm. We're just kind of like presenting our own takes on this because there is a lot of shit happening in the world. You know, a lot of really important big things that are happening. And I really feel like, you know, the, the social media sort of Twitter sphere, Facebook, whatever the fuck you want to call it, has like devolved into this series of us just like nitpicking at each other over bullshit. And it's dumb. And I also hate when people kind of like send out like uh it almost feels like seeker drones or whatever into people's Twitter accounts and dredge up shit from Eon's past and try and say, Oh, you're a piece of shit. People change. So that's kind of where I wanted to go on this topic. Um so I, I don't know if either of you guys kind of wanted to start out or I do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot to say on the topic because um, God knows half the reason that I um, speak up in magic circles half the time is to just give people a political opinion and say, Hey, I don't like that. Or maybe that's a distraction or something like that. And honestly, I see the whole um, buzzword of cancel culture is very often just like, it's become a talking point almost uh, at this point, just kind of like used by the alt-right. They want to say everything's cancel culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, Mr. Potato Head, because God knows that's what everyone's talking about right now, is mm. the, the Potato Head thing. Never mm. mind the fact that, like, nobody was outraged about that. Never mind the fact that Hasbro did that for, like, it had to do with, like, separation and legally distinct parties making their own potato head thing. Never mind any of that shit. What people do, and the uh, pundits from Fox News, like Tucker Carlson, are really fucking bad for fanning these divides, is they find any issue they can, whether it's trans people in washrooms circa 2016, whether it's trans service in the military, whether it's the woke radicals of the left taking away gender from toys like potato head all it is is a really cheap tactic to keep people who are hateful and bigoted angry at other people and to to paint the the left as some crazy uh you know wild might demographic that's out there to like radicalize everything and take away the color pink and you won't have girls and boys and anything now and you're just gonna have anarchy and gen genderless the fucking streets out there and there's gonna be no gender for anyone they'll call it the great gender sort of 2021 you know like I'm being i strive i strive for genderless anarchy give it to me <laughs> please give it to me but it's just it's it's outrage bullshit uh div like division tactics that are very often you know funded by multi-million dollar corporations you know like fox news like look at who invests in fox news and who owns fox news i'm not gonna tell you that because i might 
sometimes be employed by a person who owns Fox News or a company of it. But you know what? Corporations are big and everything's kind of owned by like just these small groups of pricks who really want to keep everybody fighting amongst each other while they make away with everything right before we're about to get hit with some of the biggest inflation rates in God, I don't know, since like the 1920s or something. And it's almost like it's, it's everything just keeps repeating and, like, we're going to have to just keep protesting because that's the only thing that ever works, you know, kind of like how those cops were going to get off last year with killing George Floyd. And they absolutely certainly were until the protests fucking erupted everywhere. And then maybe they thought about justice and then they certainly thought about justice and then they decided to redress it a couple more times. And now I think the guy is seeing jail time. Maybe. Probably, I hope. But, you know... That stuff isn't just going to keep happening, you know? People get tired. It's not like we're going to protest and, oh, nope, there it goes. Yeah, we're not going to be able to afford anything. And uh, there's climate change. And, I mean, can you see? Can you see where this is going? Yeah. It's the fact (laughs) that there's a lot of... And it's kind of what I was saying in the beginning of the episode. It's like, there are so many other big things in play right now. There is so many, and just like you were saying, climate change. Like we might not even have a fucking like hospitable planet by the time oh, we're, you know, in our retirement years, however you want to put it. That's Man, a I was, scary thought. I was listening to a podcast about um, carbon in the atmosphere and climate change and um, displacement. I'm going to tell you this, like Shanghai is going to be underwater by 2050. Mm. Do you know how many millions of people that is? So many. Do do you have any idea where they're going to be going? There's, There's only a couple places in the world that you can really send a whole bunch of refugees to. It's Russia and certain parts of China because they're like high enough inland and uh you know canada (laughs) yeah america and like south america uh like there's a lot of places that are rich for resource uh exploitation which is a horrible industry and i hate that i even just said those words but those places typically are where you're going to see a lot of refugees going into because there's a lot of land still so like i don't know we're we're in a real real tight position right now and nobody's really talking about it and there might be like a lot of people need new homes all of a sudden that we're just gonna have to welcome over here and meanwhile you have people arguing about like genderless potatoes while there's still (laughs) children in detention camps during the Biden administration. Oh, but we've called them child detention facilities or something like that. I don't know what the fuck they've changed the name to, man. It's all just still happening, but it's like the diet version of it. And if I sound stressed out and a little bit on edge, then like, congrats, because I am. (laughs) (laughs) Just a tad, just a tad, you know. Um... I mean, like... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just, like, honestly a little bit upset because, like, while so much important shit is going on and while Indigenous people are organizing and land back uh, initiatives are happening, you have 
every single fucking effort by corporate interests to try and play us against each other. Meanwhile, people like Jeff Bezos make off with more money than historically he ever should have, you know? So actually in the, in the, in the same vein as ridiculous capitalism bullshit. And it also ties into this concept of quote unquote cancel culture. Right. So have you guys heard of Walmart plus? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, wait. There's a Walmart <laughs> Plus. There's Walmart Plus. Is this like the Walmart uh, version of Super Straight? Would you like me to tell we you need, what Walmart we Plus need is? We to guillotine them. <laughs> we absolutely need to guillotine when there's subscription services to fucking grocery stores. It is time to guillotine <laughs> the fucking billionaires because they have gone too far. Yeah. What is? Wait, really? So here we go. So I don't I don't know if you've been to Walmart recently, Scott. Um, no. Do you have Walmart? And do you have Walmart up in Canada? Yeah. Is that no, just a U.S. We, chain? We live in a in a utopian land devoid of the the Walton family. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so I, I sincerely wish. Um. So anyway, for some reason, Walmart's lately. I don't know. I don't know what's been going on. But I, I, I think I've put the pieces together. So for some reason, so like Walmarts are huge, right? They have like 20 registers. Mm-hmm. And there were literally three open on a Friday night. And and I had to get some things because I, I needed some, some cheap supplies that I did not want to spend the target price on. So I was like, oh, I have to go to Walmart. Evil, evil Walmart. And so... Me and Joyce are going around Walmart, and we also decided just to kind of do our grocery shopping there because we were like, fuck it, you know, let's just do it while we're here. And then, you know, we get to it, and there's three lines open, and these lines are long because it's a Friday night at a Walmart in Philadelphia. Like, people are out shopping. They're buying shit. They just got paid. You know what I mean? So I was like, what the fuck is this? So I was like, well, and Joyce was thinking, I was like, don't doesn't Walmart have that thing where like you have the app and you can scan your items as you go and then they have like a, a like a pay thing when you leave I'm like oh that's really fucking cool we should just do that what a great idea and so and we and this is when we first started shopping so we only had a couple of things in the cart and so we take out the app we scan and it's not working and I was like oh that's weird so then Joyce is like I have to pee so Joyce goes to the bathroom and I look at this big sign that says because it says, you know, in order to scan and go, you need Walmart Plus. And I'm like, oh, what the hell is Walmart Plus? So I walk over to this Walmart Plus sign. It is a subscription service to Walmart. It is $12.95 a month. And Whoa. Walmart Plus gets you free shipping and allows you to do the scan and, like, you scan and go, and then you pay as you leave. Which is, and then it all made sense to me why they only have three registers open on a Friday night is because they are making people so frustrated with the long lines that people will just be like, fuck it, I'll just get the Walmart Plus. Oh my god. Do you know what this honestly smacks of to me? Mm. Bezos is cleaning up so hard that other people are trying to change method because he's the only person who can operate warehouses that ship food to you. Because like, if you've looked at Amazon food services and how their warehouses work, like they stock 
comparable if not more amounts to like a local grocer or uh, I'm going to say Walmart because I don't want to compare grocery chains between America and Canada, but they have fuck tons of food in, mm. in an Amazon warehouse. And your Amazon Plus subscription makes it so that your groceries that you're ordering from Amazon comes to your house for free. Mm. Now, this may smack of a lot of people just right now to be like, oh, first world problems. Oh. Mm. But in a lot of communities, especially ones that are like, really remote they rely on amazon to get their food delivered to them now because a lot of other sources of traditional shipping has shut down in modern times due to like globalization and just change of markets like for example in my home province they don't even have buses to take you between cities Mm -hmm. if you don't live in the lower mainland like the one part of uh British Columbia that's at the coast you cannot take a bus anywhere anymore Greyhound does not exist in that province Mm. because it was just not profitable to keep it open despite the fact that people need to be able to get from one city to another despite the fact that it massively contributed to the death of indigenous women and and men and two-spirit people as well when you know they try and transit between city and they Mm -hmm. can't say up the hitchhike and it puts them in vulnerable positions corporations never care about the actual loss of human life that goes on in this stuff right so you you take something like walmart and they see amazon with their subscription service and they're like man we need to make a cut of that who else in the world could make a company model where you subscribe to get groceries delivered right to your fucking door. So of course Walmart's going to say, yeah, let's set up this Walmart prime service. And I guarantee you like $12 is, is absurdly high of a fielding cost just to make it happen at first. But what they're banking on is a lot of people already who are getting their groceries, who have a high delivery fee that is already going to be offset by the cost of purchasing Walmart Plus. So mm-hmm. then they're going to start normalizing subscription services to just average retail chain stores. Because if anything capitalism taught us is one thing can't be a good thing by itself. Everything else is going to try and copy it. So we can't just have Netflix giving us a fucking subscription service to videos. Everything in the goddamn world has to look at subscription services and say, hey, we can do that. Yeah. And watch in in ten years, you're gonna have fucking vitamin subscription services where you mm-hmm. pay twelve ninety nine to get all the vitamins you need delivered to your door every month. They have happen. that. Oh. That exists. That exists. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, it's, I'm I'm I guess I'm pretty uh, sure behind the times person this right point, now. <laughs> you can get a subscription service for just about fucking. Ugh. Okay, I'm getting old. Remind me. Yes, I'm the oldest person on this podcast. When I was thinking back to this, I was raging in Walmart when I heard about this. Like, at first, like, like normally when I see shit like this, I'm like, ugh, you know, here they go again, another thing. But I was, I was really, like, to my core, angry. Because I was like, you are gonna charge me money to shop in your fucking store, first of all. Second of all... You are doing this purposely. You are purposely 
pissing off your customers because you know what we've been in walmarts in new jersey we've been in walmarts up in the suburbs and we've been in walmarts in philadelphia and they are all the exact same experience so this has Mm -hmm. to be a corporate-wide mandate that they have put out that they can only that they can only open a max of like three fucking registers or whatever the fuck they set the limit at and they are purposely making their customers pissed off just so they pay more money for the same exact thing. And it just, it infuriated me so much. I was like, why are we not canceling Walmart then? If we're all cancel called, you know, fuck this, you know, that's fucked up. Why are we not doing that? Because. Uh... It's because, I mean, from my perspective, and I'm only giving like my family's perspective, like my, my mom shops there because it's affordable and right. food shopping like at other places, like because they price gouge the shit out of like grocery stores and like my mom can't shop at like acme and giant not that we have that here but like like even like the um what you'll call it even the uh the not not the browns branch which is where my partner works but the the other branches of Shoprite, the one that's like the opposite way of my partner store on oregon um you my mom can't really i mean she shops there sometimes when she has some disposable income or like if like She's already down there doing something and she has to run in, you know what I mean? Like to pick up some some last stuff, but it's too expensive. And like getting kind of the necessities like chicken breast and stuff like that for dinners and stuff for the week, it's affordable. But the thing is, is that you like people once again, I mean, it just goes to show that like the people that we want to attack are people, you know, because you have to keep in mind, like low income uh, areas tend to also be areas of people of color. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it it you, you get what I'm saying here. There's a theme. <laughs> yeah, it's just that Walmart has set themselves up to be in a position of such power and so many of these corporations have. It it really is. It's and and I've also have been reading all these articles about how they, you know, basically all their workers are subsidized off the government anyway because they pay them so little and I I heard, you know, like the whole the whole nine and it it just frustrates me that like with this whole idea of like oh get rid of this get rid of that they're canceling this they're canceling that it's like we're really getting distracted from the things that we should be putting a stop to yeah and, and think about it like or this. trying to you know like hey you know no you can't do this in this neighborhood you can't do this to people it's not right mm-hmm. and no one's but like telling them that that subscription service also makes it so they can actually critically understaff. Like, mm-hmm. not only are you paying just to actually use that store, you're also making it so they don't have to pay nearly as many people. Like, right. they're going to make more money and hire less people. Uh huh. This is like the the start of automation. It, like p- people think it's gonna look like actual robots, but this is how it happens. Pretty quick, it'll be like you're gonna have one or two fucking tills, a, a, a self checkout aisle, and then you're gonna have everybody else paying for the express service. A fuck, even if, and, and you're gonna be lucky if they even have uh the the teller to help you it might just all be self-checkout with like some one person watching it to make sure nobody steals you know and like it could just be security from there on out just to make sure like it's it's getting fucking ridiculous man yeah actually i'm so sorry sorry speaking of self-checkout um i wanted to to kind of real quick that what jay was saying about walmart 
at the Walmart closest to me, uh, they took out like I think they only have two um, self checkout lines now too. They yeah. had like four or five. Yeah, they're getting rid of those. And now they took them out. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, when I was just thinking, Sophia, we have this um sort of like discount store chain here. It's kind of like a they're called Five Below. They just sell like trinkets and fun things, and everything's like five dollars or less. Oh, but actually, candy. not anymore. And, yeah, a lot of candy. But actually, not anymore. They have a ten dollars section now. Saw that five below. But anyway, um, they uh they have fully automated stores now. Pretty much, um, uh. it's just one or two people. I only ever see one or two people in the store. You know, I guess one to man the uh, the self checkout area, and one to kind of. Know, put stuff on the shelves and it's just you go up and there's like six self-checkout things there and you just pay and you leave and like part of me is like oh i mean that's cool i guess you know you just put it in and you leave but also like it really is not that fun because you're like bagging your own stuff and then you have like people breathing down your neck if you're not going fast enough and it, i don't know it's just like and then someone's out of a job and then you're thinking about that too and it's just such like a it's like you you can't st- like i couldn't there's no way i could stop that store from making that decision right i also gotta say this nobody mentions how like self-checkout really makes it a lot harder for people who are like minority to check out like if you're anybody at all who looks like you're the type of person whose security wants to profile uh-huh. then you get so much fucking flack mm-hmm. at at those at those spots like honestly and if you need sometimes to use like i uh, am the type of person sorry go ahead i was saying if you need to use like food stamps or wick and stuff like that all the time you always need like a manager code or some bullshit and mm-hmm. then people are looking at you and you're like you know yeah or if you come in like with it with like a a big coat or and you look like me and they're like oh is this person gonna steal because whatever reason they have in their head um sometimes i I really do get trouble from security guards and stuff and like it's always they hover the fuck over me at a self-checkout because i have a backpack and i i'd imagine that anybody who's like much more racialized than i ever am would get it fucking infinitely worse right and it's just like nobody mentions that and how much it just makes people feel like they're a fucking criminal when they're buying their own groceries you know very true Mm -hmm. i mean although like darian tells me all the time there is a lot of theft in his area but once again i always try to tell people and i've gotten to plenty of arguments about this uh i think we should stop kind of being mad at the theft and be mad at the fact that people have to steal Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, nine times out of ten they're stealing because they can't afford things even at affordable stores and that mm-hmm. shows a bigger problem and it's not necessarily so much about the theft um you know and all, i mean of course it upsets darian because he's just trying to work and like it creates a problem for him which i understand you know what i mean like i'm not trying to like take away from my partner's experience while on the job you know because you you know but yeah (laughs) just my two cents about that like i understand it because i've been that person who has to work a job where sometimes like 
I, I'm gonna be honest like someone will be like hey can I use that washroom and I have to be like no or something like that and like that's the shitty thing that happens when you engage in a society where we have to sell our our body and our labor for for money it, it's not even for money it's an exchange for having a certain level of fluidity of movement within society right and you often have to engage in stuff where you're morally compromising yourself so you get mad in those situations not actually because like you're mad at that person but because you have to be put in a situation where you have to do something right but like it, 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 I've been that person, I've been both the person who's trying to stop someone from stealing something, and I've been the person who damn well needed something so bad I needed to steal it, right? So having been in both positions, it fucking sucks, because it's never about the person on the receiving end who you're taking it from, it's never from the staff at the place, it's just for, at the matter of, like, you desperately need something and they have it and you don't. And in the end, I'm not the type of person who's stolen from stores. I don't do that. But like, I've been there where I desperately fucking wanted to, you know, or like, I, I, I've, I've seen the other side of the law. And it's, it's not so, it's not so simple, you know, and I, I really think that if we actually had class solidarity and looked at everything that goes on between like, you know, the destruction of excess food, the, the, the absolute waste of products that we have that are made in excess, like capitalism has to produce so much more than we can even consume for stuff just to have profit. Right. And if you keep that excess stuff around and it doesn't get sold off, then it devalues stuff. So it, you know what happens to designer bags and designer shoes that don't get sold at the end of the year? They fucking burn them, man. In just like big fucking fires, Louis Vuitton bags and shit. Just chuck them on a fire because nobody paid for that shit and it keeps the value up. Just like why they don't put diamonds out. Like everything that is super wealthy and gated in the world, it's just inflated bullshit and we need to stop playing this game because we're selling out ourselves we're selling out each other and we're selling out the land and we're selling out our future and and our, our children's future and and everything you know and I don't want to be complicit in that anymore and I'm so tired of like the spiritual robbery that we're going through I, I completely agree with that like when I, I I think a lot about like you know, this this concept of like universal basic income, and you know this and I, and it goes back into me thinking about the the social contract that we're born into that you know you are supposed to sell your body for X amount of hours and we're going to give you money and then you take that money and then you buy things from me with it and it's just it's very some like it doesn't feel right to me like imagine. Imagine if we had a universal basic income and then anyone that was a writer could feasibly produce beautiful pieces of writing or anyone who was an artist could, you know, actually, they, you didn't have to, you don't have to be a starving artist. You don't have to be a starving creator. Yeah. And, you know, you need creators in, in a society. I don't know why. And I, and I knew this was going to happen, you know, like when we went into lockdown and everyone's like watching movies and binging this and reading this and watching that and then you know we're just slashing funding to the arts uh that's not important uh that's not important and it's like well 
it is though it is incredibly important it's called mm -hmm. you know your mental health and that's what the arts contribute to and i and kind of the way this whole conversation has developed has really made me realize kind of, maybe what i was so angry about with this whole like cancel culture distract distraction bullshit is that it's distracting us from the perils of late stage capitalism and what's happening and I don't want this podcast to sound like, you know, we're like, get your tinfoil hats and like start a commune, but like maybe get your tinfoil hats and start a commune because it's not going to be pretty if we keep trending the way that we're going. And it doesn't seem like there's a really organized way to stop it or nothing has really presented itself yet. Mm -hmm. I... I feel like I'm starting to see some answers on stuff that's going to happen yet, but I don't want to act like I have answers or that I know because nobody truly knows what's going to go down yet. But like from what I saw last year, just, just keep your eyes open this year. There's going to be a lot of uh, movements led by BIPOC communities. There's going to be a lot of people stepping up and doing big things like I've mentioned land back a whole bunch on this podcast. You're going to see more of that happening this year with like protests and 1492 land back lane uh, is going on in Canada still. Like there's a bunch of things that are constantly happening like that. And I, I fully expect protests to, to kick back up this summer. The next time a police kills a black person in america because let's not pretend like this is just going to suddenly have stopped it is nowhere near done and like it's not just like a one-time issue you know and that's the sad truth that i that that's what it's come to it's not uh if it's it's when right and that's the the reality that a lot of people have to live with so like be prepared to to protest again and protest harder and to protest year after year because i don't see any other outcome working but like it fucking works like the establishment was scared last year like they actually listen they actually make changes they cannot handle crowds of a hundred thousand plus people for more than a few nights on in on a row without just completely overloading their system most governments are not built to handle that right and that's something that we just have within our power whenever they really want to disparage us like if if we can't afford to eat you know what we can do just group up together and and start protesting again within your legal rights and even if it's not within your legal rights when did uh anything that uh when did any authoritarian state ever give the people who suffered under its tyranny the right to protest it you know mm -hmm. eventually you have to do something for yourself and your people to to, to take care of yourselves because honestly otherwise you're just fucked Mm. yeah sorry i don't want to be no this, like, i uh rant hour <laughs> no i i think i think we're all i think we're all feeling it i think we're all feeling we're all really feeling like that um that rage that rage of everything and and we're, we're, we're I, just, yeah scott because you were talking a lot of, about rage earlier i have like honestly it's funny because like i have a lot of anxiety about this summer 
And I think it's, I mean, in, I mean, a lot of it has to do with COVID, you know, but a lot of it also has to do with like summertime, like, you know, society shifts in summer, you know, there are big, obvious kind of, it, it, I mean, we've, we've been kind of shifting through the seasons as, as like literally as a species for thousands of years. Um, But like, you know, here in the city, um, anyway you know people go out and like but things things seem to happen more in the summer mm-hmm. you know and like i don't know it's it's almost i don't know nerve-wracking you know with with covid and you know the idea of you know this kind of likelihood of of um you know the protests starting back up and kind of all of that it's 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 heavy to think about you know it's it's and it's not that i haven't thought about it it's just that um I've been so comfortable in kind of this little, uh, my little uh, proverbial bunny nest, you know, that I, mm-hmm. I build for myself during the the fall and winter months, you know, um, my little burrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now kind of having to think about it, I don't know, it just makes me a little anxious. Not because it's a bad thing per se, it's just, you know... <laughs> all the all the all the violence and and the anger and and i think it's because it's like you you don't want it to go on forever because you know it doesn't have to doesn't have to we don't have to do this for the next 20 years we don't have to y'all could just make some fucking serious improvements very quickly yeah it's not hard to do it's it's you know all this done in one year yeah all all the loss like all the loss of 2020 was completely avoidable we lost people um and and it was completely needless you know and i know like a lot of our viewers won't like this but like even those idiots those terrorists who stormed the capitol they didn't have to die either and i mean it's just human the fact that they did the fact that they did die makes me angry not at any not at any one person right mm-hmm. but the fact that they had to die because they were easily manipulated into a cult and what did they get the death penalty no they got killed four four people were killed oh, yeah four right. of the uh the and i mean don't get me wrong like you know they they you know actions have consequences and i understand that but, you know, and then on top of that, I mean, all the people that have died from COVID, I forget who I was listening to, but I was made aware that uh, the, the amount of people in America who've died from COVID um, is more than a lot of the world's greatest wars put together. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize that. And that's really disturbing. That all those, that that just happened within one uh, Yeah. Year. And like, you know, like, Thousands of people are gone. Hundreds of thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are just gone. And it was entirely preventable. No one wanted to listen. You know, oh, the 5G towers made the virus. The government made the virus. No nature made the virus. You know, you're an idiot and you don't, you know, for whatever reason... You know, some part of me wonders if maybe it's because, you know, as especially city dwelling folk that, you know, I, I wonder if maybe it's because of this uh, disconnect from nature 
Mm-hmm. We, we have this belief that, you know, nature is kind of this, this passive thing that we just kind of exist within. And we, we've said this before, but nature is like, a thing we've conquered. A, yeah, but we mm-hmm. refuse to acknowledge the fact that we are completely at its mercy. And at any point in time, it could do something insane. Like, I don't know, all the volcanoes in the world just go off at once. Even the mega ones that like would literally destroy the world. You right. know what I'm saying? Like not saying that it will, right. just saying that it could. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yet we have no respect for the space that we take up. We have no respect. I was just reading today because I was really curious about I, – I just have like random curiosities, right? Um, mm-hmm. I was curious about solar wind and what that would look like if that ever like hit the earth. And basically solar wind is faster than sonic sound, like sound waves. Like mm-hmm. the fastest sound wave is – like solar wind is faster than that. Okay. Um, if, if the earth was ever hit by solar wind, it, it, it would like literally just obliterate everything. Like literally brick buildings would come down. Like it would just. Just poof. But, right. I found out that, um, you know, and as I was reading that, I was, I was uh, you know, obviously that was just hypothetical. But mm-hmm. I was reading about how um, the uh, magnetic field around the earth is, I mean, we already know this, but it, it continues to weaken. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and we spend our time worrying about, I don't know, like you have the conservatives who 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 refuse to actually give us anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when we're trying to tell them, I want to think about science and I want to think about progress. It's not just for progress's sake, right? Like I don't want to like just have, I don't want an e- like just just an easy way of life. Right. I want something that makes quality of life improve. If if you get what I'm saying there, right? I don't want to I just know. survive, right? Um, I don't want just my basic needs met. I want to thrive, right? Right, and you know, and by the way, I'm really sorry. Like, I realize, like, I I come from the morals. Like, I'm not as worldly as like you know Jay and Sophia are. You no. know, like, I don't really study about like commerce or economics. Like, I'm not interested in it. But That's I am interested in people. Yeah, you, <laughs> you round know? us out. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like it's it's a lot. I'm actually about to like cry. I don't know why, but like, because it's emotional to talk about. Because it's it's when <sighs> it's when you hold a particular worldview, right? I hate mm-hmm. even calling it a worldview. I hate calling it a worldview because to me it's just basic human rights. You know, like, I live, therefore I deserve to have shelter and food. You know, I exist, therefore I deserve, like, these things. Um, mm. And I feel like a, a society that you're that you're born into, that you are forced to sign in blood a social contract that you know nothing of when you are created and when you are born, you know, I feel like that that entity that you have that contract with, not of your choosing... I feel like they should provide for you certain things. Like, what am mm-hmm. I getting in return? That that's I think that's really the thing with this with late stage capitalism is, what am I getting in return? And you know what anyone would ever say, money. Okay, money. Mm-hmm. Well, what does money get me? Well, it gets you stuff. I don't. I just want to pursue my passions. I don't care about things. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, it's, it, it just, um, this is not the way we were meant to live. 
Right. And I think, you know, you're kind of just conveying that 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 rage that we have about it. That's that that deep seated anger that's just really starting to kind of come up from a yeah. lot of people. Because we're being distracted by so many stupid fucking um, things. Right. And like and then it it scares me even further because we have become it's funny, um there was an author, a, a witchy author, who was just who was just talking about like social commentary, and he was discussing, you know, how no matter where you fall on like political spectrum, which is kind of not what I'm talking about right now, but like exactly, but like we have to all of us together collectively have to remember not to lose our humanity, right? Right. We, yeah. we are. We are now. I understand the rage, like of minority people, BIPOC people, queer people, Muslim people. I get it, you know, or minority religion people across the board, Asian people, and Pacific Islander people. Um, I understand the rage. I understand the anger, and that's fine. I'm not like trying to like tell you how to feel, but I'm also trying to tell you that I don't know exactly how to word this without trying to like sound like I'm tone policing, mm. but also too at the same time for the other side, like. <sighs> I don't really know how to word this without sounding stupid or tone deaf, but what I'm just trying to say is that sometimes, while I understand sometimes violence is unfortunately necessary mm -hmm. as far as fighting back for what's right, you know, not mm -hmm. obviously I'm not talking about you. I don't need to explain that anyway. Mm -hmm. um, not everything should have to devolve into violence yeah i i agree we, i mean we, I, we, we, i'm sorry jay i don't mean to cut you off no totally go for it <laughs> we, we should be we should as a species of being as with with the ability to critically think and to become educated and to learn things with literally a natural biological function to learn we we should be able to critically think and have discussions um, first before we choose war, before we choose death, before we choose anti-science, before we choose um, harmful politics that hurt minority communities. We, we, we should be able to talk about things. We should be able to... Uh, to to regularly kind of be to, to just regularly say oh i was wrong i need to change can you can can someone give me the resources or something or maybe whatever if i don't know how to change my mind you know or whatever to how mm -hmm. to learn you know what i'm saying yeah um i think kind of what you're getting at is sometimes there's this there's this um i don't i don't know what it is there's there's a little bit of a chip on their shoulder kind of thing on like the super 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 far left where they kind of like they'll they'll address people saying things that are maybe not exactly the best way to say things or some things that are just downright mm -hmm. fucked up and they'll be like hey fuck you and they'll just like you know they'll come at them and i think that's a so, problem is like maybe it's like we could find a middle I, ground i i don't I, I, like, I get funny with like i'm so sorry sophia it's okay um because uh, I have a lot to say on on that spot specifically, because mm. like 
we we can't always like speak over people who are hurting and expect them to to say stuff without violence because honestly like uh, to to MLK quote you know a riot is the language of the of the oppressed you know like mm-hmm. uh, when when you get people on the left who blow up on people it's usually one of two things it's usually a well to do white person who's maybe queer or trans or has some degree of marginalization in some way so they kind of have an understanding of it right and this puts them in a hyper defensive mode so they blow up on people all the time like i've seen this where you on like our our server we have somebody jump in and be like hyper defensive about how we got infiltrated by Nazis before because Nazis try to infiltrate places and they're like you're all Nazis because Nazis tried to come here and and they hate you and it's just like some absurd shit but what it really comes down to is it's just outrage right and it's them wanting to be the good white person and and be like look at me i'm i'm fighting nazis the absolute worst thing that it could ever possibly come down to right but like a lot of people have been just dealing with classic old racism even before nazis came back because that's like in the past 15 20 years like i'm not going to pretend that like white supremacist style nazis are even fucking remotely new but like as they're thought of in the modern context, if it's it's relatively recent to a lot of white people's conception of it, right? Any any POC group is going to tell you otherwise for their conception for like their lived experiences because it's been very fucking different, right? But the the other half of what goes on with the outrage is people who are marginalized, who are usually visually racialized, or people who come from a culture which you may not immediately see from their skin color, but they aren't necessarily like a uh a westerner as you would think of them people have to deal with so much shit and so much oppression and just so much background noise that it's impossible not to be mad at some point it's impossible not Mm -hmm. to just be so overbearingly fatigued that conversations that other people who don't have to deal with that stuff can just engage you in without any emotional grief to them whatsoever because it's not their lived experience because it's not heaped on top of them like uh, i'm um a quite privileged native person and the amount of frustration i have to deal with is enough to make me have to check out of certain discussions at certain times and just say i cannot fucking do this right and i have a great deal of white privilege within the community still and even i have to check out on that point so like it's it's hard and and it's really hard to people who are on the outside who think you know well i'm not doing anything necessarily wrong i'm well-meaning i'm just trying to learn and and that's why a lot of solidarity stuff is fucking difficult right because if you're trying to come in to help other people it shouldn't be about you and if it is about you well then you have a lot of white savior stuff to 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 deconstruct and there's a lot of great books like um white shame um and a lot of great podcasts um that we can try and i can try and link a couple to um but like if if you're trying to help people it shouldn't be about you it should be about them right and that's why a lot of 
a lot of people on the left seem like they're so touchy because people who are constantly marginalized at every corner of their life have to be pro progressive. They have to be just to survive. They have to be able to envision a world where they can actually live, where they can actually have community support, where they can actually like not have their children taken away by a social worker, you know, and little things that give them that strength to carry through make a big fucking difference, you know, and, and when you're always dealing with like the constant background noise and you have these people who are well-meaning coming in to try and help who don't necessarily understand and then not only are you having to deal with the lived experience of it you're suddenly having to be an activist and an educator on top of it how can you just be all of those things and not be a little bit prickly on on all of these things they're just kind of thrust onto you without any real agreement on your part you know it's it's a it's a complex fucking issue and it's, it's incredibly it's nuanced it is yeah um i just feel like sometimes though that like if we when you when you rely so heavily what i'm trying to say is is that we're all no matter even the trauma the collective trauma experienced by marginalized people um was not our fault it was not BIPOC people's fault. It was not queer people's fault. It was placed upon us. But at times, we also have to remember that we're responsible for our feelings. We are responsible for how we respond and how we internalize and how we work through that trauma. And it might not be fair, but that's that's literally therapy. And I think that there are times where, you know, riots are called for. And then there are times where it's, you know, on, and we're, I mean, once again, we're talking, we're not, I'm not talking about them, right? I'm talking about collective, like the whole, I mean, but we're talking about them, right? Here on the podcast. So like, I also kind of want to interject and throw massive shade at the motherfuckers that sort of piggybacked off of these riots just to loot stores when you didn't really care about the cause. Like that's kind of fucked up. And you it should depends. not do that. Like, um, there's certain parts of looting I completely agree with, and there's certain parts of looting that, I mean, I can't even actually get that mad about. To like, honestly, uh, a lot of those stores that get hit are are by oh, yeah, people who like have yeah. nothing, right? Yeah. And like, uh -huh. a lot of those stores get put up in their communities, and like, uh, there's the argument made against a lot of writers. Well, why are you doing this? You're destroying your own community, and it's like, uh, to quote um somebody from I think it was the Ferguson protests. We don't own any of this. This isn't our community. This is this is somebody else's investment you know and and that no. just kind of hits home you know right no what i mean is that i i during the riots that philly had i overheard people walking down the street like they were going to go shopping later so i'm just saying there are assholes that don't that like rioting for the cause yeah or looting for the cause fucking go for it yeah right right looting for the cause not looting because you want a new tv you see what yeah, I'm saying? I mean, Don't go shopping. I, yeah. I I guess what I'm saying is I just wish that we could all like collectively. I don't even see. I don't. I'm not trying to talk about that. That's not mm -hmm. really the point I was trying to make. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not trying to talk about. I'm trying to talk about people. Like and if we could come together in our trauma, our ability to communicate. 
I'm not trying to talk about peace because mm. peace is a privilege that we don't have right now and that not everyone has. I'm talking about our ability to communicate. Communicating right. doesn't have to be without contention. It doesn't necessarily even have to be without distrust. Like you can have hatred with somebody that you're not fighting with. What I'm saying is, is that I wish that there was an ability for people for discourse to have a conversation before we launched. But the problem is, is that you have one very large side of it who are marginalized people who are treated like shit and not given anything or they're beaten and murdered or what have you. And then you have this other side who is white and white supremacist and capitalist and rich and well-to-do and well-off who refuse to hear anything. And then it brings out the thing is, is that it's kind of like it, it, it sets a cycle is what I'm saying. It, it's this cyclical thing that never ends. And I don't know. I just think that that there's like it's not working. And I'm wondering if maybe there's something else that could work because think, nothing has worked. Right. I because we're still going to riot and they're still going to do that. And then they do something worse and then we then marginalized people have to fight back again and it just kind of keeps you, going you wish it didn't have to be riots is what you're saying i wish that it could be anything other than and... unnecessary loss of life right i don't want anyone to die anymore so like in a way after mm -hmm. in a way so basically so you know how like in college, right? In college, they always like harness this idea of the debate. Great minds debate. If you're intelligent, you debate. You can have a debate and discourse and you can debate both sides of an argument. And, and they really drive that home in college, right? So mm -hmm. that's what you wish it could be. You wish it could be discourse. You wish it could be a debate. You'd rather it get oh. settled in the courts in a way, right? In, in, in a way. Like if you want to use that. And... You rather know, than in violence like, isn't wrong about anything she said you know what i mean like she's 100 percent correct you know mm -hmm. like i'm not i'm not trying to sit here and be like sophia is the wrong it's like no not yeah. at all sophia is the right no, you and know? i'm sighing because like immediately um like i i i, I empathize with what you're saying the both of you 100 percent, but like also I, I I think about like indigenous people and land claims. Let's like talk about that, right? Like there's no court ever that honors treaty rights fairly or yeah. even respects right. the current setups, you know? Right. Like if you talk about how we have like 0.0.2% of land in Canada is indigenous reserve and those are always the ones that have like pipelines and golf courses and fracking and resource extraction it's it's deliberate genocide constantly and and every single mm -hmm. time people have organized through the court systems the court systems very kindly tell them to go fuck themselves and there's like books i have 
like there's a, a 500 or 600 page book here about the life of Russell Means and how much stuff he did on direct action. And, and there's another one just about like in Canada uh, called Drumbeat that talks about like the Oka crisis. Uh, I can get show notes for that one too. But it's like anytime this stuff goes to court, they don't listen. And, and the, the basis of what forms Canada and America is just theft to begin with like we were talking before the episode started about how like mm -hmm. the the myth of what created america everybody thinks that it was like this oh you know we're gonna fight back against britain and make make everyone free when it wasn't it was like an idea that washington and a bunch of other rich fucking colonists had that they could steal land from more indigenous people by using um a loophole because the indigenous people had agreed with the the english crown that nobody could get lands um west of a certain area so they they formed a confederate union so they could disregard that and just take those fucking lands and like I'll, I'll link some stuff on that for show notes but like the entire country of canada and the entire country of america is founded on slavery theft genocide lies and deceit so how are people who have had their lands dispossessed from them ever going to have any language that the oppressor will ever hear other than violence or or protests or or blockade and it's just it's sad because like right. I, and i i don't ever want to see there be loss of life and i can empathize with what you're saying but at the same time absolutely nothing else ever works and that's something that either. fucking sucks this isn't working either nothing's <laughs> changed everything has remained the same well this isn't working nothing is working so if this isn't working then there has to be something else Something that hasn't been thought of before. That's here's my the, point. Here's the thing. I think it has been thought of before. And and we like I, I talk about it a lot with like land back and like indigenous governance systems. Like even what the US government system now is made off of was stolen from a, a group in the States that I'm not going to try and say the name of because um it's not that I can't say it, I'll probably get the group wrong and I'd have to look it up. But um, right, right. one of their government systems was what was used to make the United States of America. And I'm telling you, like, Wasn't if we the gave the land back, Air... that's that's a very viable course to making this change, you know, and it can be done and you can start doing it on a local level. You know, what were you going to say, Jay? Iroquois or I don't know how to pronounce it. I think them. it's the Iroquois. Yeah, Iroquois. but I don't want to I don't want to get it wrong. That's why I didn't want to say it unless I was absolutely sure. Yeah, because I think they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they okay, yeah. It was because of their their they had like a a political structure. Basically, mm -hmm. they were pretty complex. But like indigenous people are some of the most compassionate people I've ever met, and like it's not like settlers can... are just going to magically get kicked off of North America. It's not like people are going to magically turn around and treat you the same way that they had been treated and i know that's like a huge settler colonial fear when like the the power structure shifts but i truly think if we do want to see a change it absolutely needs to start happening um worldwide in just the great decolonization um and and 
decolonize everywhere, right? Like I had a conversation with a guy at work about this, right? And he was mad about uh, some stuff. I'm not going to repeat that was actually pretty racist. And and I made a point to him because he was like, you know, these people should speak English in Canada. I'm like, oh man, get off of that train. And he's like, what? And I'm like, they don't even speak Cree here or, or, or Ojibwe or anything else. Like you don't speak any of the languages of the indigenous people, but you want to complain when people don't speak English. Right. And then he came back after thinking on it and he came back to me and said, and he's like, you know what my original language was? And I'm like, what? And he's like, Scottish and Gaelic. And he's like, I got colonized too. And I'm like, you're right. And what you should do is actually start learning your stuff and, and like slowly working on decolonizing yourself without making it at the the expense of some indigenous person, right? And that was just like a right. conversation between me and I, but like it goes to show that the wounds of colonization are still hurting everybody. People mm-hmm. from all over the world, whether you're from Europe or North America or whether you're mixed like me, like all of us are fucking hurting from it. And I think it's high time that we absolutely start focusing on what it truly means to decolonize and what it truly means to work under indigenous governance systems. So I'm going to tell you this, it's not like indigenous people magically don't believe in science and it's not like we're mm-hmm. just going to be going boogeyman and <laughs> kick everybody off, off the continent. I honestly think um, uh, there's, there's no way you're going to convince the colonial governance to go for it, which is going to be a real interesting showdown and we'll see how that happens but their their claim to the land is just based on theft anyways so i don't see any real way from going forward other than giving the land back and forming new systems like has always been traditionally done when people of the world are faced with tyranny just like the mythology of america states y'all originally did came together and made a new nation state with new rules and that can just be done again you know Mhm. Mhm. I think a lot about um I think a lot about why I guess the the narrative of how um natives are presented to me as a and I think Scott you could kind of attest to this too. Basically how the the narrative of how we settled here and colonized this land that is fed to us as children is very very interesting. I'm kind of realizing what they were saying to us now as I'm kind of like replaying those stories in my head. Mm-hmm. Basically they're saying those people came over here for a better for a better life and then they ran into the people who were here, the natives. And sometimes they got along and sometimes they didn't, mostly didn't. <laughs> and there was a lot of bloodshed and now we're here. So but I'm realizing a lot of times in those stories how it's painted is that these colonizers came over to claim this land. They already said, this is our land. This is ours. I'm taking this land before they even got here. And so in their mind, they're like, this is mine. And so they get here and they claim this land. This is mine. And they don't view the natives as natives. They are viewed as foreigners. They are foreign people. Because to them, I guess, you know, they are foreign people. I've never seen you before, right? But this is my land. I I came here to grab it. It's not yours. So I suppose I can see what you're saying, yeah. So and and still it is it is prevalent in the American narrative that 
in we you can say indigenous and native all you want but the average american person is going to view a native person just like they would a foreign person oh my god you're right they view them as immigrants even though they are the complete opposite of an immigrant Man, I'm just fucking dumbfounded with that. You just hit me hard there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I like, and, and no, I don't no, mean it's to. Good. It's it's great. It's a great fucking observation. Yeah, because wow. it just blew my own mind wide open. I was like, holy shit! They view native. They're they they tell us to view native people just like we're taught to view foreign yeah. people. And 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 native people who are speaking like Nehiawawin get told or something like that. Uh, get told. Uh, go back where you come from, you know. Yeah, like, I'm here from and, here, and, bitch. You want to go? Yeah, like... <laughs> and they could like literally be speaking like Anishinaabe or or whatever is is from their actual their region that they're in, and like it's like where are you from? Uh, your fucking backyard, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm from the fucking plains, man. <laughs> like what's up? <laughs> what? I'm yeah, from you where your cows me. are. Where where's your beef grown? <laughs> I can't but be like, any more here if I fucking tried. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, though, is you're right. And and they dispossess you of your lands by treating you like it's not yours and like you're a foreigner in your own place. And then they set up fucking like, concentration camps called reservations. And mm -hmm. that's why, like, when, when y'all needed new concentration camps to pop up, like, you had fucking methods down. Oh, of course, you know, like, we had so much practice. Oh, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, I think uh I think that's really what it is. Like I kind of busted it wide open for myself personally. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, really and, and it's, it's just it's a shame. It's it's just an absolute utter shameful 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 thing that mm -hmm. has plagued humanity. And because of that that's fueled that whole colonizing theory and you know, why do we have you know, black people on this continent. Well, because we brought them here through the slave trade. That's awful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like we fucked it all up and we refuse to acknowledge that we fucked it all up. So we cover it up under stories and put a little glitter on it and put an American flag on it and say it's patriotism. God. Because, because shame is poison. And it's literally one of the most harmful emotions that we could possibly feel as people and they refuse to acknowledge now they refuse to acknowledge anything else because any any other way would force and i'm talking like about like the people i'm not I'm like the racist people i'm not talking about like the one percent i'm not talking about like them because that's like a whole different conversation a lot of the time yeah but like the, the racist white people they they can't they can't uh they don't want to see it they don't want to look at it they don't want to acknowledge it because it hurts because it's it it's it's terrifying to look at the uh the work that has to be done it's terrified to look at the harm that maybe you have caused uh it's terrifying to to have to turn the mirror back on yourself and no one has ever given anyone the literacy or the tools to do that. Um, you know, uh, there's another, you know, one another major minority community is the mentally ill. Um, and we've seen what people with, you know, Americans have done to the mentally ill. Um, 
and a, and also a large part of Europe and Canada. It's just easier to pretend that it was they got along there. It's like the four pillars, I think, of American society and what the country was founded on was was land theft, slavery, white supremacy, and taxation. Oh, you got to throw God in there, though. I mean, I think monocropping is a bigger thing than God, but we we'll, we can we can put God as like yeah, God was six. like the backdrop mm. to everything, you know. Yeah, for, like for God and country. corn, corn <laughs> and monocrop it. The monocropping of it was was a bigger deal than God in America. Like <laughs> that's true. That's also I'm, true. The only thing is, is like we do have to remember that like the first time that um, European racism really started like when we started really seeing it i think i mentioned this before was in the early to mid 1500s when the church started asking if uh, in, uh indigenous and black people had souls and that's <sighs> like when we really started seeing it mm. and once the church started asking that question is when you know because uh, because of the nature of of the church and politics in europe at the time they were kind of one of the same thing almost um that's kind of how this all devolved. It was because Christians wanted to say, I don't know if people with brown skin have souls, have souls because anything darker than quote unquote white, even though, you know, whatever pigments, um, they, they believe in the whole white purity thing and everything else, you know, God worked through indigenous brown, brown people. The, well, excuse me, the devil worked through brown people. Um, brown and black people um and white people were pure and free of which is weird because everyone's born with sin i don't really get it i was never made it's weird to me because like a lot of people of color are much more devoutly religious and have a lot of reverence for ceremony as opposed to like white european people by average of what i've seen but (laughs) well that that's also because of uh imperialism and uh you know and and white well, the, you know i mean i'm not talking about just in like a reverence to christianity i'm talking oh, like, oh, 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 oh. prior to colonization like anybody who has been able to hold on to like their their ancestral culture tradition has what the west would formally see as like a religion uh, in air quotations but like they have like a rich spiritual practice you know that colonization seeks to divorce them of it and and that's kind of what christianity does when it comes in like that's why mm-hmm. it got indigenous people of north america really hard is because a lot of uh practices are incredibly prayer-based and incredibly faith-based and like about peace and um like living in in balance and living in a good way so you get like these missionaries that come in who can kind of like sell those things but packaged as lies to to Mm -hmm. put their platform in and Mm -hmm. that's why you kind of see like the convenient trojan horse that christianity is it isn't necessarily that like any of the doctrines of what actually jesus himself talked about because you know he's a rad guy it's it's about how that's a vehicle for all of the ills of western settler colonialism to come with it and even though um i say that i don't want to like make religion solely responsible for that because that's like all the atheists yeah and it's not 
go on. But no, it's just it just was a really powerful driving force. Mm-hmm. Probably, I would argue the first driving force, but maybe not in the end, not the only one. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I keep one. I keep thinking to myself. I'm like, I'm thinking like back to you know early colonial times. Like, do you think there were people like us among those? Mm-hmm. colonizers like hey i just want to come over here like i genuinely would like a better life uh, for myself if i may I have a fucking thesis on this but i want scott to talk first before There's, i talk well, i think like some a... people did it like hey i have no other options like fuck it i'm just what other choice maybe they, do you, like do you think it was like a yolo situation for them um so yeah please answer as a historical, just as like a historical anecdote, we did, uh, I don't know if either of you know this, but we finally, uh, historians, archaeologists have finally come to a um, sort of an agreement what happened to um, the Roanoke people, mm. you know, the Nordic uh, yeah, yeah. Roanoke people that oh, yeah, quote unquote yeah. mysteriously vanished. They absorbed into the local Native American population. And what ended up happening was white people didn't uh, want that to kind of become normalized. They didn't want the idea of a, of a group of Nordic, you know, Scandinavian people, um, kind of this idea of, oh, well, you know, hey, there's other people over there and they're, you know, they already have an idea. Like they already know how to mill the land and yeah, do all the stuff. Yeah, they know how to live here. Right. They actually, they actually absorbed into a local... This is history. This isn't me just like telling you some kind of like bullshit story. Oh my god! Can you try and find um, me a link to that? I'll try something? to find it to you. Yeah, I'll try I to find it for you. I need to read something that makes me feel kind of good. <laughs> um, and that and, and so a lot of people just believe that the reason it kind of became this big myth is because people like they just you know how do you right how do you how do you reason how do you kind of create how do you perpetuate racism when white people get absorbed into a uh, potentially local, uh, you know, small group of native people that were, you know, like five, maybe like less than five clicks out from where the village was, Mm -hmm. Um, which we also know that they were there through historical um, and Mm -hmm. archaeological finding. So, I mean, I can, because like, don't, because the other thing with Roanoke is like, they had a really bad winter and they were kind of starving. Wasn't mm -hmm, that one of the things? mm -hmm. And all I can imagine is like, you know, as humans, like on a human level, I would imagine like, whoever is living there like sees this group of people like starving to death like i feel like there would have been someone that's like hey let us help you out you're dying you know so it depends like traditionally um a lot of treaties that were signed back in the day like especially up here turo wampum was a big thing it was basically like we go about our way of living and you go but go about your way of living and we don't interfere with each other But, like, I also think that if you were to go over and be like, hey, we're starving and dying, that they would weigh that at the time and respond to that accordingly. And, like, Indigenous people are really caring, and I don't see people just being like, yeah, no, starve and die, fuck you. If you've acted in a respectful way, there's absolutely no reason why they wouldn't say, well, come live with us and, and... and then you know be accepted in through like whatever kinship rules that group of people have you know and and to actually be welcomed in and like share 
their their customs in a way that enriched each other's lives in a meaningful way like people would never want to talk about that because then that would actually work as a model of coexistence for people in the world and that's bad bad for capitalism you know Mm -hmm. um but to go back to what you were asking jay about like you ever think that there's people like us who don't actively want to be complicit in a system but do it because you have to yes 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 the answer is yes because that is a feature not a bug of capitalism so something that people in the ruling aristocracy class realized they could do a long time ago is use poor people who are well-meaning enough as essentially human fodder that's why they they take all of y'all who are poor as fuck from europe ship you over here and say hey we'll give you a new life and they essentially use you as human capital to prop up their colonial efforts you can even see this in like canada right now how um our our population growth is going backwards right now um actually i don't know if it's going fully backwards but it is fucking stalled because of covid and indigenous populations are actually doing just fine and what keeps the nation state of canada propped up is how many settler colonials they can have in here either as immigrants or as full citizens right so they're trying desperately now to bring in a bunch of people to canada this year and give them citizenship as a way of utilizing poor refugees as bodies to prop up the failing colonial state of canada and what it does then is it utilizes people who are minorities and racialized against other people who've already been dispossessed from their lands and say look at these scary native people they're coming to take away your freedom and coming to take away canada which is your bastion of safety and it puts you and your safety and your refugee status personally in opposition to indigenous land rights and it's the exact same thing that happens when you're just like a poor person coming over from ireland whether it's like a potato famine or whatever or whether you're maybe somebody from from um portugal or um actually it might not be portugal um uh i actually think the portuguese did a little colonizing i know spain did but like whatever it's not it's not rich fuckers who come over um actually no it's it's the rich fuckers who come over to make claims to resource extraction and set up plantations but it's never those people who actually live their lives there and if they do they're living in fucking mansions and in plantation houses right like it's it's a very it's a very reoccurring system right so the people who actually do the work and fight the wars and and have all of the ills of the world leveraged against them are just the little people of that nation who are trying to survive who then ultimately have to bear the burdens of being called racist for the machinations of what happens for their entire nation because they're deliberately used as human cannon fodder and the racist fuckers who run the whole thing well they live in mansions they don't actually talk to any poor people they don't talk to any people of color they don't have to directly confront their racism and their structures in any way therefore it's the poor people who are on the front who end up dealing with the frustrations of the people of color and that's why you lead to white people who are suddenly like oh i'm being persecuted against you know us we're a white minority you know people just hate us because we're white and that is uh, again a feature not a bug of colonialism because it is deliberately set up to use you as human cannon fodder and then make 
you mad at the people who you're opposed against rather than the people who own you like literal human cattle so yeah and you know i i wish more people would just see like how you just how you can dissect that and and bust that open and just be like this is what we're living in like you know what i mean like can't you see what's being done to you it's hard though it requires like a whole lot of learning a whole lot of listening to like marginalized people a whole lot of sitting with like your privileges and being told things that might seem like it's an attack at you personally but it certainly isn't but it it brings up stuff that's uncomfortable so like I, i there might even be plenty of people who've turned off this episode by now just because of the level of conversation we've had to engage in but like when true. you really want to examine the ills of what's making uh of such a virulently sick society you got to ask some hard questions and get some yeah. hard answers right yeah, and yeah. and this is kind of what it comes back to is if you want to have this this revolution that's peaceful and brings people together in a way that doesn't incur loss of life it's it's got to be centered around um indigenous and and racialized and poc folks and minorities of every every different uh banner under the sun you know because if it's not of the people and by the people and for the people who the land was taken from then who the fuck's it for right and and i don't want um i don't want any of our like leftist socialist oh yeah power to the people stuff to you know forget the fact that even if we do take back um the power structure that this power structure was still built on greed and racism and slavery and land theft and that if we do inherit that power we inherit the responsibility to right those wrongs and with that responsibility comes a personal uh a personal responsibility you know right exactly Exactly. I mean, you literally said what I was saying. Exactly that. Yeah. It's but, it's exactly that precisely. There is human, it, humanity it, needs it, therapy. <laughs> we need we what Ceremony. we need is a lot. Um, <laughs> what we there's need a lot. Is a lot. <laughs> I think personally, I think that I mean, as far as like you know, joking about humanity needs therapy, but to integrate therapeutic technique into our education systems would be great um it's being think, done already and it's it's proven very effective mm-hmm. yeah there there are examples you're you're absolutely right yeah um i think we need to do it more um i think that we need you know equity and then equality um and and, and you know as as per you know fitting the situation um we need a lot but Sophia is absolutely correct. These are very intense conversations that, you know, like, I think that we're all, everyone, not just us three. I think everyone is just trying to find a way to talk about it. And we're all incredibly uncomfortable. Maybe not us. I don't know how, I, you know, I can't speak for everyone here. I'm not particularly uncomfortable. Um, no, I wouldn't say I'm uncomfortable. It's just it's sometimes it's difficult to find the correct words to convey. Right. Well, because you know, like you know how you feel inside, right? You know that you're just like, oh, how do I say this thing? And you want to make sure that you you say that in the most polite and and truthful way to your. You know what I'm saying? I, it's kind of mm-hmm. like I kind of just want to scream into the void that is Twitter or social media. 
and just like scream to every other marginalized person or any other person who has experienced discrimination in some way just based on their outward appearance and i want to just say we're on the same fucking side <laughs> yeah you know what i you mean know, and it, it's we're on the same because, you know, team because mm -hmm. my mom she was my mom was so shocked she's so surprised i don't know why but she is um <laughs> but she's older she is so surprised about kind of uh like sing songs as a friend of mine called them uh you know these people you know like like uh gays for trump latinos for like that those, yeah. like those kind of people mm -hmm. and oh, she's God. like i don't understand is that a thing and i'm like yeah that's totally a thing you know i was like there are people from all marginalized groups who for whatever reason support that motherfucker <laughs> were supportive of, of those ideas not just him but they're supportive of those ideas those kind of ideals you know what i mean right. that he that he carried you know so it wasn't necessarily even necessarily about politics it was still completely about the morality of those in, of those individuals who still supported and she is so surprised you know i just feel by, like those uh, people are consumed by so much self-loathing Especially I don't know. The gays. I, I'm like, are y'all like the self-hating gays? I'm like... <laughs> what Sophia's opinion is on that. Is it self-loathing? Is what self-loathing specifically? Like gays for Trump or, you know. Yeah. Um, like is it self-loathing? I don't just think so. Attention? I, <clears throat> so here's the thing that I've come to understand very recently is that almost everything that... Because, like, we have uh, that Maslow's hierarchy uh, pyramid, and I haven't looked at it recently, but if there isn't one that says belonging to community, it should probably be right at the very fucking bottom. Because, like, we as human, human beings crave uh, not just social structures, but cultural structures, right? And this is yep. why you see people who, like, do crazy culturally appropriative things because they aren't brought up with cultures and traditions of their own, and they end up with that kind of emptiness inside them, so they grab other people's cultures to fill that hole, right? And I think when... when... Yeah, I did some questionably appropriative you know Me things too. or worn some things early in my practice because honestly like i had I, my culture was hamburger helper and in, in bed by eight so i had no fucking culture <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so and I, 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 sorry go ahead when i when i when i found kind of like when i started practicing like my own ancestral traditions like when i really delved heavy into like folk magic and and you know like old europe and um even like you know appalachian and stuff like that i no longer had that empty feeling mm -hmm. um it kind of corrected itself and i didn't need other people's stuff you know what i mean like yeah. i didn't need to take anything because i found my ancestors wisdom you know so like i found it and i used it and it's beautiful you know Mm -hmm. and, and to, to tie that back to the whole question of um like gays for trump so those people they have some level of their identity wrapped up in being a conservative or being a republican or being a christian right and on some level they're trying to 
um, reconcile two identities, which is something that you have to do very often when you're like mixed indigenous, you know, um, is you have to kind of deal with the fact that you that you, there's a lot of stereotypes and labels that that are leveled against you, right? And if you're somebody who wants simultaneously acceptance from your family and acceptance from the the community that you grew up in you may find yourself doing things that seem to put yourself at odds right um whether this may be something as absurd as queers and people of color for trump or whether it's something like indigenous people who currently practice catholicism still even though a lot of people would say that that is a very um like colonized thing uh you can you can kind of have conflicting identities sometimes and and that's where that comes from i don't think it comes from from self-hate i think it comes from a want uh, from fr someone who has an identity who has to walk into spaces right and that's why you can see mm. um christians who are who are gay who struggle with that so much and still want to stay in their church because christianity to them mm. is their cultural understanding and it's not about the hate and the bigotry and the white supremacy that can come along with that it's about their connection to something that makes them feel good and whole and makes them feel real and and ha they have a real spiritual connection with right and mm -hmm. it's the same thing with like trump and people the the way that people in america um evangelize political parties you know and worship of the republican party is I I would say it's borderline dogmatic, but it is just a straight up fucking religion at this point. Yeah, so it's a cult you get for people, sure. yeah. So you have people who's well, I mean, a cult would imply that it was small and not organized, and if anything, it uh, is an organized fucking monster of a religion at this point. But that's what it comes down to: is they have some cultural or sense of identity that is tied up in that, that either they don't want to actively examine because the cognitive dissonance is too much for them to handle, or they, mm. they, they've done their best to reconcile it and they've struggled with it and they may still change in the future. There's plenty of people who say, you know what? No, I was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid and I was being a fucking idiot. And people change off of like, absurd self-destructive mm -hmm. paths just because like maybe somebody had been steering them down a bad path and they had never had somebody show them a better way of living or how to live in a good way you know like mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. maybe like you hear these stories about people who've like killed people and and like just done horrible fucking things who learn redemption who actually like truly change who like make a difference in the world and their community and although they're still struggled and ripped up with what they've done like they they still have that commitment to wanting to be a good person and do good in the world and that's another thing that like we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit is like uh, redemption and personal growth. redemption and and forgiveness and causing harm right because like as mm. a human being who grows up in the society you're gonna cause harm passively and actively based on how much privileges you grow up with and what you're going through at any given point in time right mm. and 
any harm that you cause. Harm isn't just like some abstract thing that's done out into the ether. It's done to other people. It's done to other beings. It's done to the land. It's done to relationships. It's done to like the air, you know, like harm is, it's a noticeable impact, right? So when we've imparted harm onto each other as as a passive effect of living in colonialization because god knows we don't look at a fucking six-year-old child and say what harm you have caused no <laughs> you know all of that stuff is accumulated when you live in a society that's so sick and teaches you to live in a way that like that that's just awful that we've normalized right so like it's it's a matter of like looking at the person looking at the conscious choices they make and saying like what direction are you heading in are you like cognizant of what you're doing are you are you are you trying to do good and i think like ultimately most people are kind of trying to do maybe good like they a lot of people convince themselves that they're doing good but ultimately end of the day it's still good for a selfish like desire to be seen as good rather than actively do good which i think is like a big part of the problem with like um like politics on the left how we have to have a certain level of um we have to be loud about how nice we are invisible about it too mm, right like right. I, I you know how many fucking people i saw last year at the protest showing up to take a fucking selfie and then leave oh, and then yeah. when it came time to actually like do the hard protest because there's still people camped out protesting in front of the white house so since george floyd's death who are still fucking there right now you know i guarantee you none of those people who took the selfies and put up the black up blackout tuesday for black lives matter none of those fucking people are still donating are still making noise they just shut the fuck up about it because it gets you social capital and if you're not um if you're not visibly uh woke to to use a term that's been really appropriated by left like right. white left people if you're not doing this performative allyship to show that you're one of those good people and uh that's the only time i'd actually use the term virtue signal because very often that's just a dog whistle from the from the right yeah. but if you're not going out of your way to show that you're like one of the good ones then you're one of the bad ones and and then it becomes this this dialogue about you <laughs> that's still centered in your white fucking privilege and does nothing to actually service the people who are kind to make a fucking change for their lives and that's the problem the whole thing like to to quote somebody else uh white supremacy is expecting the world to meet you where you are pure and simple like that's what whiteness is like expecting like someone to have understood all of your cultural touchstones like listen to nirvana seen that britney spears movie or whatever the fuck thing it is whiteness will always expect you to meet it where it is and demand you to come to it but never come to you or understand you and that's what the heart of the issue is still centered around we're still trying to bring the world to us and make it about us when for god God's sakes it needs to be about other people for a change yeah it's like we all need to all white people need to sit down collectively shut the fuck up and listen just can listen. i just say too like i'm sorry but like whiteness just like it just sounds boring <laughs> like i mean like like it's just like it's like this is what you want really 
Like, you know what, honestly, though, as a mixed wanna... person, whiteness isn't even that bad. Like, whiteness prior to colonization with, like, all the individual cultures that y'all had was fucking cool. And, like, honestly... Which still I, exist. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I don't personally identify with European culture that much because I didn't grow up with it nearly as much as I grew up with, like, North American culture. But, like, it's a lot different. And I don't, like, have that pining to, like go to to celtic traditions uh the same way i had a like the the pining to learn about my other side you know and like uh for people who are like mixed i think like it's going to kind of come up to to each of us as individuals to find a culture that we come from and to either connect to it in a way that's like really meaningful and allows us an identity where we're not constantly trying to consume other people's cultures as a result of that or like make our own so that we can move forward as a collective because like anything you're not in relationship with and actually being cognizant of your relationship with you're just kind of going to slowly be destroying right and mm -hmm. like I really don't think that until we're aware of our relationships with each other that we're going to be able to make it through this and not just each other but like to the water to the land to the animals to, to fucking everything man the spirits too it's not just like a physical world we're living in as much mm -hmm. as like we've talked just about the physical this episode you know but I mean real like you know just to kind of say this right like I mean everything we do here right ripples out you know i mean as you know at least in spirit as uh, a spirit model you know like what we do affects mm -hmm. the other world you know whatever you may call that but i mean we you know yeah that's why sometimes like i don't know i i, I know plenty of witches who do this like sometimes if any of you ever done this you step outside and you're like oh something feels weird uh -huh. Like, you just kind of have, like, this, like, almost, like, impending, like, it feels like you're facing down, like, an armada of, like, warships or something. And, like, you know, like, something's unrested on the other side. Like, something feels, I don't know, like a chill in the air or something. I don't know. Have, have either of you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I think that I sometimes wonder if that's why, you know, because we're unrested. We're restless and angry and, you know, and, and therefore... Why not? You know, why wouldn't it affect them somehow? Mm -hmm. You know, that's very true, you know, because they want our attention and we're not, you know, there's only a small, it almost feels like, uh, like witches or like people that kind of in the occult kind of whatever the hell you want to call it. I use witches as a very general term and I feel like as a listener, y'all should know this by now. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I just feel like which is kind of we're kind of working overtime in, <laughs> in um keeping the spirit world happy in a way or oh. like trying to feed them some good vibes over there because mm -hmm. um you know people should be lighting candles and to their ancestors or just paying them some kind of attention we should be doing that as a society mm -hmm. it's very important to do that it keeps them happy <laughs> So, I, yeah. I have honestly I've said this to a friend of mine who's completely agnostic and leans on the side of I believe there's something mm. but I don't know what that is um and I actually neither do we uh, and it's okay <laughs> I I said to them I said I said to them I was like you know because he's like you know because he's like he he asked me why do you um why do you always talk about the ancestors so much um like what is it lit. about 
I was like, what is it about the ancestors that's so important? And I was like, well, outside of like the historical fact that pretty much every culture, like everyone for thousands, like pre-Christian thousands of years has has done it. But outside of that, um, there is just, I don't know. I, I there's there's just something about it. There's something about them. You know, it's who we've come from. It's 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 where we'll be. It's it, you know, like in them is, you know, I don't know. Like I said to myself today, you know, like like even alone, where we are millions, you know, like I, you know, every one of us is from millions. The dead will always outnumber the living, mm-hmm. you know. So and here's here's something that kind of like really made me trip out the other day, like. If you go back far enough, we all have the same ancestors. Mm-hmm. Kind of what can trips you out a little bit if you think about it, eh? Like, and that's that's a thing that I keep hearing from a lot of teachings. Um, is like, uh, we all come from one creator. You know, we all come from the human race. If you really do go far back enough, we do have shared ancestors. And I wonder if, like, maybe there is this like great ancestor i don't want to say monolith uh and reduce it to just like one single thing right but like wouldn't it be fucking tight if there's like this singular ancestor figure who's always picking up the juice from from people doing their ancestor worship and they're just like i'm coming back soon i'm coming back you know oh shit that would be that would be really cool actually yeah could that be really cool and think about that. Could you like, like make an egregore to kind of embody that kind of power? Yeah, you definitely fucking could, man. <laughs> I love the way you said huh. that. <laughs> that was very Canadian. <laughs> and it's like, it's also like, how cool is it that well, and uniting you create is it? a common ancestor of humanity? Oh, create we can. One. We can have a fucking long and discussion that about can... that one. I'm pulling fish in for that conversation if we're yeah, having that one. I'm gonna write that down so I don't forget <laughs> that. But like, how uniting is that to think though that mm-hmm. when I pray to my ancestors and you pray to your ancestors, as different as way we may be, we could be praying to the same fucking ancestors. I fucking love that. All their ears hear it. That's like that's the whole thing. Like, it falls on all their ears somehow, by proxy, by proximity, by whatever. That's why. That's exactly why I, I, like, I value them so much. Because at the end of the day, my, you know, my ancestor could, you know, they could be anyone, you know? Or my ancestors, I mean, you know, like, I don't know. A lot of people. It's so much wisdom and knowledge and art and and care and rage at times you know i don't know it's just powerful and and connecting like i i don't know i know this sounds super new agey but like when i work with my ancestors that whole like i am me i am you we are one thing you know i don't know it's like the place where it kind of makes sense the most i don't know is that silly no, it, I I know where you're going with it. It's um sometimes you kind of just reach a moment of like equilibrium where you're just like, yes, 
get it. It's all just one thing. But yeah, it it, it can sound a bit new agey. And I know what you mean. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound ridiculously new agey. I don't no. know. But Sophia gets me, I think. I feel you, even if I don't get you. Not to say that I don't get you, but just that ultimately the feeling will always be what what I remember more than the words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we are coming up on two hours on this, and I feel like we've had a really great discussion on this. Yeah, I think we did our and justice. I, and I know we'll, we can keep going on this a lot more which is great because it's so good that we can talk for multiple episodes on the same topic because man we would run out of content so fast <laughs> it's good that our world's let me not good but you know <laughs> as a side effect of the world being shit we have a lot to talk about right right <laughs> oh man um so any concluding thoughts anyone want to sign uh... off on Give the land back. Uh, no, that's not a metaphor. Give it the fuck back, whether you buy it, uh, steal it. I don't. I don't care. Give it back. Um, that's my final thoughts. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess mine is: don't be afraid to feel things, and you know, remember that you can. You know, I'm sure you can find someone to talk to if ever you're going through difficult conversations like this. I'll tell you something that's actually really funny. I watched an extended video on this exact topic today. Also, hello, Scott. Um, Hi. Hello. And, and okay. Sophia talking about shit. So the actual origin of America and Washington is completely mythologized and completely incorrect. Like, the reason America was made was because settlers wanted to take more land away from indigenous people than they were allowed to because at this point um the indigenous people had set up um treaty with the crown meaning that no land of a past a certain area west could be sold to any settler because that was all native land i'm very familiar with this because i was reading about that on the side of the sioux what happened mm -hmm. So what happened was Washington found out that what they could do is if they got the settlers to form their own union, they didn't have to honor the treaty agreements of the crown to the indigenous people. And so then they used that to go and take more land. And this also led to the crown saying, holy shit, hold up, you're essentially trying to take shit away from us, which is what led to the war against the crown. And it was not because America 
was this or that. All the mythologizing is complete fucking bullshit. It was so that a bunch of rich, white, slave-owning, settler-colonizing motherfuckers could steal more land from indigenous people, and once they had colonized out west, they used that collective land and the fucking resources stolen and levied from that to form a nation-state and then fucking repel the British later at numerous different fucking interval like like and 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 um like for example the war of 1812 was caused because like the american uh because washington killed a british uh liaison who had come down to tell him hey you're you're acting like a dick you need to stop doing this stuff and they fucking murdered him so they came back and burnt the white house down back at the time like this was a whole bunch of stuff that was going on but america was never actually founded for the people even john hancock later on he was a fucking he was a rapist and a whole bunch of other shit that came out like in thomas jefferson too like they owned slaves that they impregnated which you can only do if you're raping somebody that you like literally own right it's like there's a whole bunch of horrible fucked up things that these people did. and america wasn't made for the people it was made so that they could steal more land from an indigenous population that even the british fucking crown was showing more respect to which is buck wild but nobody ever talks about that that's like oh. true american history but you know mm-hmm. i'll send you the video if you want to watch that and send it to other people later on today yeah i and would it's, like it's to watch it it's great because that one's not even done by um an indigenous person but when i was hearing his take on it i'm like yeah i remember this like the the fact that settlers couldn't go past a certain point west was a very fucking big deal at one point so before we even start up the episode and if maybe you're already recording i'll send you these show notes (laughs) yes i am actually recording fuck here we go we're already in it boys (laughs) (laughs) not that anybody here is a boy actually no you're a boy what am i saying boy but you're a you're a guy I feel like boy is derogatory. Actually, I was really thinking about like that earlier, like how like people say certain things like like they sound gendered, but they're like not meant to be, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think it really comes from like gamer culture a lot. Yep, we're in it now, boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I was like, mm-hmm. where are we here? <clears throat> I'm trying to find you the exact video, but while I'm while I'm rambling, how you been, Scott? Oh, I've I've been really tired. <laughs> Not in like a depressed way, just in like a it's a lot of back to back death. It's like three deaths kind of in like in twenty twenty one. Well it does come in threes, doesn't it? I was gonna say that <laughs> means you're say. done now though, right? Yeah, you're good for a while. You fit your quota. Yeah. You're done for the whole fucking year, man. And that last one was like a doozy because like there was family bullshit. I've gotten older obviously you start to experience loss you know like my first biggest loss was sarah um i still cry about sarah i still think about sarah um but whew, sorry i'm not crying or anything <laughs> i just <laughs> laid down and i'm fat um i feel that you're like oh god the fucking breath knocked out of me <laughs> but uh what should i call it i also just ate like really heavy but um uh. But after that, like, I mean, loss, I can kind of, ever since her, I kind of, you know, you start to learn as it happens. You know what I mean? It's like an experience that kind of builds in you, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, kind of coping with loss and understanding it. But having that on top of, like, actual rage and anger, that wasn't something I've been through before. And you're like, wow, I'm tired <laughs> mm-hmm. from feeling all those emotions. You're like, I'm exhausted. 
And the funny thing is, it wasn't just me. It was, like, my aunts, too, and, like, all their kids. We were really tired, like, afterward. And it was funny because, like, we literally broke away because they, they went. So they had to, and I'm sorry, we have to do a recording. I'm sorry. There's so much I could tell you guys about my ridiculous experience with my family. But <laughs> we don't have to do that if you don't want to. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we, sh- we should probably record, but I mean. I was going to say, save it for the after dark, man. We'll grab a, we'll grab some brewskis. We'll sit down. We'll hear all you got to say. We should record. You know what? I really do. Um. I really kind of want to record like an after dark kind of thing soon. Okay. Where we can just like bitch get it all out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't know I was doing anything different on any other episode, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. Uh, um, yeah. Are we are we good to get into it now, or we we got now? Let me yeah. have a long token cough for a second. Okay, let's talk about what we're talking about. Hmm. So, so stop again. So I had proposed like cancel culture. Yeah, because there's this whole there's this whole talk, you know, like ooh, cancel culture, cancel culture, blah 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 blah. And I'm so sick of fucking hearing about it, and I have opinions. Um, but it kind of also got me thinking of like how people cancel people cancel quote unquote over like sometimes the dumbest, most minute things. But then also like when people talk about cancel culture, they also don't take into account like this whole canceling people for things is like. Are you dredging up things from like seven years ago? You know, like there's also personal growth with people, and they are and they can change. So I kind of just wanted to talk about that and just kind of where that would lead. Sure, I just um I worry about playing into uh the kind of uh, there's like a little bit of a a thing going on that like when they can't necessarily divide us over political things that are going on and, and fan the wars between people in the whole culture war. They find arbitrary issues like say fucking Mr. Potato head to fuel shit over, you know, and, and like, that's the I kind of don't... thing, but no, that's the kind of thing that I want to address because I want people to be aware of what they're doing. You know what I mean? I want people to be aware of like, these buzzwords like cancel culture, this is just, you know, or the Mr. Potato Head divide and this and that. Like, it's all just. It's, there isn't even using a divide, it as, though. Right, but I'm just saying, like, the, it's being used as a distraction to distract us from bigger issues. How about we just call the episode Fuck You and <laughs> Fuck Your Shit? And we'll just go from there, because that's kind of like what you're talking about, right? I I guess in in a lot of ways uh, unless unless I'm just being a reverend. <laughs> I mean unless anyone had any other kind of like ideas that they wanted to we can particularly... do... Sorry, go ahead. No, I just didn't know if uh, anyone had any other ideas. I mean, I have opinions about like cancel culture and there were other things that this was supposed to lead into. What are those? What was and, that? Yeah, I was kind of saying how like personal growth, right? You know, how just, like mm-hmm. th- that experience of how you're growing and you're changing and we can talk about like even our how our own viewpoints yeah. have evolved and changed as we've aged oh absolutely so mm. I, I mean i can I... talk about this I, yeah i would also like to see it maybe tied into forgiveness that too mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. restoration yeah mm-hmm. i think there's a lot like, of different branches community and oh um, oh yeah. oh Here's a really big thing that I want to tie into the episode. 
I've been learning uh, of uh, teaching lately that like we're constantly in relationships with everything all the time and that which we do not form a relationship with we will always remain a stranger to and therefore destroy mm. i've been hearing that a lot and it's been giving me something to think about and like uh, it really feels fucking true on pretty much every level honestly and i also feel like another branch of this talks a little bit about like your own personal growth and practice like a lot of times people get canceled over not knowing they're accidentally culturally misappropriating something or whatever like in in their own witchcraft or craft practice and you know i just think that's also kind of another thing we could talk about too like just be educated and if you find out that you're doing something well then just change up what you're doing mm -hmm. Um, well, let's just, I guess, see how she goes then, bud. Yeah. So we all good? All ready? Yeah. I'm packing my bong talk there. Give me... Uh, you know what? I can meet her there. Let's just, just uh, fucking start her up there, eh? All right. Okay. So, a couple things. Mm. Yeah, you can make a fucking egregore of human ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> Most egregores are... Um, Actually, no. This is going to be a little bit of a twofold, and I'm not going to talk your ear off for it all night. But you will actually fail if you try and make an egregore out of an ancestor, because you'll be making it too small, and it'll just mutate into a god form. That is way too big to try and just put into an egregore specifically. Like, what you're making there is a god form, and what you're doing with that, it, and that's what we do anytime we make a god form, is you don't just take something and try and craft a god of nothing that's like trying to build a mountain by putting one pebble in a place at a time right mm -hmm. what you do is you take an archetype or something that already exists whether it's like the come of the coming turn of the spring um the emergence of cicadas uh the rain the thunder and you can assign that like archetypal force a godhood and a godship right and what that does is it makes a god form and a god form is just a fancy way of like uh saying a god that has been deliberately crafted right mm -hmm. so if you were to make an ancestor god form you just literally um set one up with all the tech that you do when you're making a god form uh, or an egregore you have symbols to like uh focus the intent um you have associative imagery i can show you the books that we have made with dkmu and essentially you front end it with like a personality with like personality details numerical associations all that shit until it starts taking on a life and mythology of its own and you can tell it's like really working when it starts to spin stuff up and send you back synchronicities and other stuff and like images and visions and it works pretty fucking quickly depending on how much input how much magicians and how uh, solid your connection to the archetype that you're trying to invoke is. Mm. So yeah, you could really make a fucking god form for the ancestors, no issue. Huh. Mm -hmm. I have some work to yeah. do. I have so much work to do. I have so many things that I'm working on right now. <laughs> oh, that was a good fucking episode though, y'all. That was a really good episode. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Doing all right, Scott? I'm tired i'm sorry no it's okay <laughs> I'm just i just like, wanted to make sure we weren't sapping all of your energy 
I'm just mm-hmm. like I don't know. I guess I'm still like I don't know. I'm, I'm just really that. low. I'm really like low on like I've also been like really putting myself down lately. I just I don't know. I'm not no, I don't know. I don't want to say like I'm sad or anything. I just feel kind of like hearing you guys talk about doing magic and stuff. Like I have like a lot of work to do <laughs> myself, just like kind of getting myself back to normal. And, you know, I'm waiting for uh, April for my father to leave. And uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like myself. And then sometimes well, I like, you know, like today, my, like I was like. Uh, my basement is clear. So if you want to come up here to start working on stuff, let me know. If you just want to space. I do. Just like a, you can set up a whole little magical mobile workshop for yourself here. <laughs> feel free. I would like that. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I am that, also like... partially vaccinated. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, I have my. I keep getting my thing. I'll be. I'll be that soon. Cool. Yeah, I'll I be having my second one soon. on the ninth, so I'll be fully vaccinated pretty soon. But um, what you call it? And then like today, like I was like, was I too emotional, or is that just my thing? You know, You're like a cancer. Keep... <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I know. You're always too emotional for me, but that's what I need in my life <laughs> to balance me out. And I'm over here at the hard Virgo. Let's go to war. <laughs> uh, no, it was funny. Um, <laughs> me and Joyce were looking at our astrology. We've just really been into astrology lately. I I don't know why. It's like our new favorite thing. Um. So my main three sun aries um taurus moon and then oh, uh God. scorpio rising <sighs> and and i was looking at all that and i was like god they like all of that is in such conflict with each other you know you're scary and i was like <laughs> i was like i have astrological bpd <laughs> <laughs> And Joyce was like, you really fucking do, though, because I will fluctuate between those three moods rapidly. <laughs> it's oh, wild. God. It's like how Darren was hard. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Scott? Or- and no, it's like how Darian fluctuates between the, like, it's funny because most modern astrologers want nothing to do with like cusp anything anymore. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, Darian fluctuates between that Pisces Aries <laughs> pretty regularly. Right. And it's really weird because there are times where he's like, you know, literally my mother, almost to mm-hmm. a T. And then there are times where I'm like, what are you on? <laughs> you know, I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he's just like angry and aggressive and, you know, like he's super touchy. And then on top of that, he's like bossy. And I'm just like, what? And what I'm like, that's Aries. <laughs> <laughs> My sister is a Aries, and oh, when it comes <laughs> out, there is not a more aggressive and pointed Aries who is less capable at getting their shit in the planet than my sister. Let me tell you. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, I just, I'm, you I'm, know that's fucking I'm scary as it sounds. I don't know many other Aries, and it's probably for a good reason. 
Y'all can't handle each other. Yeah, I think that's Aries, what it is. We don't like Aries each other. Aries are such type A people that by <laughs> by mm-hmm. requirement of your personalities, you either like kill each other <laughs> or like form partnerships where you go on to attack the rest of the world in unity. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. Oh, Though Katie God. is a Leo, I think that's why we 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 have always jived well. So we're both fire signs, but we're not the same fire sign. Mm-hmm. You want to know something? Speaking of that, I found that's really weird. Hmm. Scorpio rising runs in my family. Really, I found that out the other day when I was with my my aunts and their kids. Do you like have Scorpio like, rising? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the magic uh. symbol in your family. It's just that so was like I was reading God. about people who had Scorpio risings, and and it says that they have. I don't know if this just spoke to my inner goth kid or it struck a chord with me for real. I don't know. But it said that people that have a Scorpio rising um, have a darkness within them that needs to be let out, whether that's through like art or music or reading or, you know, kink or whatever that may be. Like there's a darkness in them that has to get let out. And I was like, I think I always kind of felt that way. Like I think of really fucked up things. Like... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm really <laughs> fucked up inside sometimes, and I Taunted. don't talk about it. Show the light what darkness can do. So I'm like, maybe that's. I'm like, should I just like start writing like really weird, kinky, like erotica or something, and try to sell it, <laughs> like make some money oh. off my inner issues. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. uh, like yes do it yes do it, right? <laughs> cause I'll read uh, it <laughs> I'll be your right editor <laughs> yeah. you'll be my editor also um, I didn't introduce myself in Cree today because I wanted to learn a little bit more but I, than I do it but y'all okay. want to hear me actually introduce myself in Cree like I could have done yes. yeah I want to hear Nits that's why I fucking didn't because I knew I was gonna fuck up on Nitsiagasan. Tansay Niro Tempek, Sophia Lamantai Nitsiagasan. There. That means hi. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, it means hi, my relatives. And this is the problem because words aren't spelt the way that they're supposed to, like, that they sound. So I know Tansay means hello, and I know that Niro um, Tempek means my name is, but. Uh no no sorry I know that um Nitsiagasan means my name is I don't know what Nido Temtek means and it pisses me off and mm. I've only heard it off of like this one uh group of Odapemsu uh which means Métis uh women actually Odapemsu Iskwewak means Métis women yeah look at me I'm speaking Cree y'all damn it's <laughs> really beautiful it's a beautiful language. It's a lot of fucking syllables, like Odapemsu. And hard, because there's nothing to really reference it to, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like actually, it's a Latin derivative or anything, you know? So, for me, it's incredibly easy, because, like, my mouth naturally wants to form a lot of the words. If I hear somebody say it, I can fucking repeat it like that. The problem is, um, 
like any language you have to kind of be exposed to it and be around it to pick it up right so kind of like i can just understand certain levels of french just by living in a bilingual country um there's a lot of details with nehiawewen that i would need to be around other uh natural speakers to really pick up like like there's there's like times in the podcast where they'll call like alcohol um muskigi wapwe which like uh, does Muskegee mean medicine? Because I heard somebody else in another podcast, uh, Two Crees in a Pod, say Muskegee as a word when he said, you know, medicine isn't our word. We used to call it Muskegee. And I Googled it and apparently it means creek. And I'm like, mm. what? So, like, I don't fucking know. Like, there's so many things that, like, I need somebody to actually sit me down and explain, like, this comes from here and this is what it means. And it, it it's like, fucking impossible to do if you're doing it on your own which is like why a lot of the people who speak it have the advantage of actually growing up in communities that teach it right which is why mm-hmm. i think that like nehiawewen should be one of the uh local languages or national languages of canada like it's fucking ridiculous that it's not mm-hmm. Damn. <sighs> Damn. yeah that was very nice that felt like it felt good yeah <laughs> What what feels good is is speaking in Cree. That's <sighs> yeah, but anyways, I don't want to fucking take up all your time talking about native shit. I'm actually getting super tired. Um, yeah. All right. But I'm t- good night, everybody. You have a good night, everybody. I love y'all.